Hello everyone, my name is Atal Osama and I'm excited to welcome you to the inaugural season of the 4th Branch Podcast. I launched this podcast because I strongly believe that the free exchange of ideas is what makes us who we are. I also believe that very concept, the free exchange of ideas, is under terrible assault. On our episodes, you're going to hear a wide range of topics and issues. We'll be welcoming voices, ideas, thoughts, and opinions from across the spectrum. Now, if you're wondering what my expertise is or what my agenda might be, let me save you some research. I have no agenda or platform, and I am certainly no expert. In fact, this show will not feature the usual talking heads you may be used to. There are plenty of other outlets if that's what you're looking for. Instead, you're going to be hearing from regular people, just like you and me. I'm privileged to be working with someone that I've known for over 30 years. Brian Henderson and I have no agenda other than we want to provoke and invite discourse. If you're like us, and you're tired of getting beat over the head with structured, partisan talking points in an endless loop, I hope you can find a home here. Today's episode, we're discussing our modern healthcare system. As you will hear, this is a very personal and intimate topic for me. I do need to make a programming note here. During the discussion, I mistakenly suggest doctors can incur upwards of a half billion dollars in debt, but what I meant to say was a half million. I certainly misspoke. As much as Brian and I enjoy sharing our conversations with you, we'd much rather have you be a part of them. If you have a topic you're passionate about and you'd like to guest on the show, we'd love to have you on anytime. Again, welcome to the Fourth Branch Podcast. Real topics, real people. Welcome to the conversation. All right, welcome to the Fourth Branch Podcast. Uh, my name is Atal Osama, and I am here with my good friend. Hello, I'm Brian Henderson. And we are uh, here to have a conversation, talk about the topics that uh, are important to you, and uh, we want you to be a part of uh, of our conversations, man. How you, how you been? How you doing? It's been a couple weeks. Been pretty good. I've been pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, every day is as busy as I can possibly make it, so I can make right. progress in right. this thing called life. When you sent over your uh, list of topics, um, medical care kind of jumped out at me because of the of the things that were on the list. It's the most personal to me. Uh, um, I've had some, unfortunately, some not positive uh, experiences with the with our medical care system, and um, I, I thought it would be really interesting to discuss and unpack uh, why we approach medical care the way that we do and uh, and what the consequences of that uh, might be what what prompted you to uh, to come up with that topic basically when I'm when I'm picking you know or thinking about things that we should cover I am always thinking about things that are the closest to home that affect people because there's so much distraction out there, so many filler topics that people are talking about. Right. Very, very dramatic and uh, highly polarized topics that sometimes substitute for what really matters to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this is a a topic that I've been um, years and years, goodness, it's been uh, almost 20 years ago now, you know, you remember my my youngest brother yes. was born without a functioning kidney. Uh, he, you know, struggled really to to his entire life, and at the age of twenty two years old, he had an and an, he was on dialysis. He had an infected heart valve from the dialysis, and they needed to repair that heart valve to even consider moving forward with a transplant, which is ultimately what he was going to need in order to be able to have any longevity. Uh, in fact, I was volunteering to give him one of my kidneys, but, but we had to clear this hurdle with the, with the heart valve first. During uh, the procedure to clear the infection from his heart valve, his, nu- his, his lung was nicked caused his lung to collapse. He lost some oxygen to his brain, caused his brain to swell. 
And at this juncture is, is, is really where I formula, formulated my opinion of our, of our healthcare system. So my brother is an otherwise healthy 22 year old male with brain swelling. He's in an induced coma and they began to pressure my mom to terminate his care because he was approaching his lifetime maximum for coverage. Wow. And up until that point, you know, you don't think about how much does healthcare cost. That's not a, a, a thought. If it's something that you need, if it's life-saving care, you, you, you're, or at least my sense was that that means if, if you need it to live, the, the medical system is going to provide that care for you. And upon learning that not only is the need of the patient the primary determinant, it's not even the secondary determinant. And upon learning that the primary determinant has nothing to do with, it's not based in medical, uh, it's not a medical decision at all, uh, completely soured and destroyed uh, it's the reason that I quit school at the time. It's the reason why I, I no longer wanted to pursue. If you remember, I wanted to be a doctor. But after that experience, uh, I wanted nothing to do with the medical profession and, and the, and the, the, the medical system. We ended up, uh, my mom ended up caving to the pressure. I was in the room when they, uh, turned off the machines on my brother and, uh, uh, Cut to a few years later when Obama was campaigning in 08, the one issue that he spoke to that spoke to me was the idea of making sure that families don't have to make these impossible choices when it comes to the care of a loved one, because I lived through that. And, um, yeah, I, I'm to this day, like I'm, I'm, Typically, I am someone who is uh, not against. Uh, uh, typically, I'm someone who is against state-funded, uh, big government programs. But healthcare is uh, an area that I firmly believe that without governmental control and oversight, we are not going to get to where we should be as a society. And um, and, and that it's anecdotal to me, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's something very, very personal to me that, that I experienced. Yeah, that, um, that is something that I, I remember vicariously, yeah. uh, uh, you know, hearing, uh, uh, just about everything about it. And, uh, frankly, hearing this, you know, <laughs> coming from you right now, it's, 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 it's very impactful. And, you know, I'm sorry that you had to experience that. It, uh, I have also experienced the moment of things being turned off that you really wish wouldn't yeah. be, you know, for people that you, you, you can't imagine life without. And yeah, we're, <laughs> we're on the right topic today. Um, because, uh, I, I am with you when I, when, when you swing with the, the urgency, with the true human urgency of trying to figure this human care yeah. out. You know, I, I take it further than just calling it healthcare. You know, it's human care. How do we take care of ourselves and each other? And when it comes to the maintenance of our bodies, it, it, it's where we all live. You know, if, if we can't do that, then we're, we're, what are we doing right? Ultimately, what I'll say to the, the government, <laughs> I agree with, I'm sure, your fundamental principle on states stay out of it. We don't yeah, need your I, control <laughs> of funding for all these things. But at the same time, the proof, I think, I would posit that the proof that that is the, is a correct stance as of right now, not saying that it can't be fixed, but it, it is the correct stance as of right now, is because the government pretty much is the watchdog. For the health care that we are receiving right now. And I think the kind of decision that should never have been necessary that you and your family had to make is a result of 
that same government that is a watchdog being on a leash to the medical. Yeah, that, that's so. This is the this is the great as ambitious as Obamacare was in practice. Um, it failed to address the the real underlying cause of why. Now, again, fast forward to 2009, and I am working for, um, I'm going to say, a major insurance provider. Because um, I, I, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can say it without getting in trouble. But... Um, I'm 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 working for an insurance provider, and and while I'm working for this insurance provider, uh, I'm I'm in customer service. I'm I'm taking phone calls, and I get more insight into who actually is making these kinds of decisions, and to be on the phone with someone and trying to explain to them why. A particular procedure was denied, or why a particular medication is denied, and to have this person pleading on the phone on their behalf or the behalf of a loved one, because it's their understanding, according to what their doctor is telling them, that this is necessary. And from the insurance side, the 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 intent, at least what we were told, is that we're trying to manage cost. So. The design is supposed to be an adversarial system, which is supposed to make sure that only necessary care is rendered. But in practice, what happens is, in, in, in true economic fashion, the true cost is passed to the consumer. And the consumer, in this case, is the patient. And that tug of war between the medical establishment and the insurance companies drives cost to a point that neither one of them really feel the burden on. The burden is felt by the the consumer, and in our system, um, that means if you if you have insurance, you now you you're you're more than likely than not you're getting it through your employer, and your employer uh, is saddled with this uh, ridiculous. Uh, I'm, it's this is my opinion now with, with this ridiculous financial burden so much so that employers have been forced to try to institute policies like I, i've worked in places that try to incentivize what people ate for lunch so that they could in theory they could drive down the, the cost of their health care and what what Obamacare failed to address was that 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 underlying problem. Why is it so expensive to provide health care for Americans? Why? Why? Why does it? Why is why is it so absorbent? And, and I'm not saying that it should be free, but you can't tell me that the price is set by the market. It's it's. There's no way. And in, in, in our capitalistic system, you, you allow the market to set the price because that's the only real fair arbiter between the consumer and the, and the seller. And in healthcare, that is not the case. And even though they don't have lifetime maximums anymore, and I'm, I'm happy for that, and you know, they don't have pre-existing conditions anymore, and I'm, and I'm happy for that, you still have unbelievable cost associated with healthcare and and I do not understand why and to me I'm looking at insurance companies because they are the ones that are setting the price and and working on the inside um you know I mean I, I wasn't I wasn't deep in the, in the in the in the trenches but from from what I what I observed <laughs> I do not understand why it costs so much and why there is lack of competition the, the other market forces that usually set cost, why that is not in play. You know, if, if, if Kroger tried to set cost in the same fashion the insurance companies do, they would immediately be out of business. Immediately. 
because you have alternatives, you have options, and, and you just you just can't. And for you and I, you can see this is uh, uh you got me on my soapbox, man. Um, uh, no for problem. you and I, we don't even know what the prices are. We we can't do any comparison shopping, and then even if we could, there's no competition. Who are who else are you going to to receive your care from? And I believe that um, the government's role is to foster free market in that in that in that um, marketplace. And that's what I was hopeful for: was that it was going to foster a, a free market system. We didn't really get that. We just kind of got a brokered agreement between the government and the insurance companies. But uh, yeah, I it's it's this is very real to me. It's not an abstract uh, subject because you know of my experiences, and I imagine that there are countless other stories like mine of people who are, um, and it, it's terrifying to me now, man. I mean, like I I don't want my family to have to make impossible choices and decisions like that over me one day. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that should be the case. W- what do you think makes sense for, for our, well, before I, we go there, why do you think healthcare costs what it does? Do you, do you think it is legitimately uh, priced? I will just say that it was, Let's see. I won't use a a name that might get me thrown into conspiratorial circles. I will just call it monolithic uh, private privatization. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) that'll be that'll be my newly coined phrase. Monolithic privatization has destroyed healthcare almost in the same way. Not exactly, but, uh, but understanding how college costs have soared can help to. You just go right next door to that, and you find out how it's exactly how, almost exactly it's, how it's 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 the increased. exact same monster. It's the exact same it's monster. Like yep. If yeah, it, it is in so many ways. It's there's just the intricate difference of with healthcare. Well, I'll say this with college. It's this will help you for sure. You know, we got all this data and statistics. Believe that or not, we'll leave that to another. Uh, session here but uh it's the claim that you can't do without it in medicine it's the immediate claim that you will not live without it and no okay fine you don't have the money to pay for it all right then what we'll do in our monolithic privatized system is we'll say that we're trying to help you by giving you this thing called insurance and when people were given insurance for medical costs, you can see over time the dramatic rise in all Medicare, uh, excuse me, medical costs. Because at that point, then it was a deal, as you, as you aptly described, between the regulator, which in this case is the insurance company, which just, they're trying, they're there to make money. And the hospital that, and, and hospitals have more and more become administrative facilities and not really anything. Yeah. They're, they're care. very much this, the secondary gate. They're, they're the secondary decision maker. The actual medical professionary professional is tertiary at best, but it's, 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 it's really oh, the insurance company. And then it's the hospital system you're you're absolutely right and then last and i mean dead last is right. the doctor it used to be you know why <laughs> why is med- why are medical costs so high human care costs so high it's because there used to be a time when it was a doctor's office and the doctor was the one who made the last decision the last choice, the first choice, right. and the only choice, and he and he was the word that made it all go. Now there are people with business degrees that run hospitals that are hanging around, right, in the hospitals, making more money than the doctors, telling them what kind of care they can and cannot offer to patients. That's another level uh, of of the the insidiousness of the of the system that we now have. 
Um, once you gave insurance to people, quote unquote, gave, oh, what a <laughs> gift. Oh, what a gift, right? Because you used to be able to, I mean, I, you know, I'm not trying to say the doctor shouldn't make good money because we depend on them for our lives when they're, when they do their job well. But it used to be that sometimes a doctor could get paid in a bucket of apples right. for coming to your house and you know, right. helping you with your sore throat. It was the, it was the choice of the doctor to say, you know what? I'm going to walk away because you can't pay me or I'm going to help you and you can pay me later. I'm not saying that's so the greatest situation. What's, what's, what's interesting about what but, you're saying is part of the reason why doctors don't do that anymore is because in order to become a doctor, you are under so much debt, you can't afford to, uh, to be benevolent in your, in your practice because that other monster that we're, we're, we're going to have to pick up another day, you know, after 12 years of school, I don't know if we're going to make it to another day because this is another pet peeve of mine. Uh, <laughs> after 12 years of school, uh, to be three quarters or ha half a billion dollars in debt, half a billion dollars in debt. You're 29 years old. I don't care what your idealized thought of medicine was. If your medicine, if your medical degree was financed by the government, you are now going to go into this system. You do not have a choice. There's no way you're going to be able to pay that debt down in any reasonable amount of time otherwise. So yeah. Uh, they're in no position to argue with that hospital administrator with the, with his degree in, in, well, now you can get a degree in hospital administration. So, uh, <laughs> but, but previously in that, with that business degree, that economics degree, um, you're, you're, you, you can't fight with them because you need that system in order to be able to survive basically. And, yeah, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's It's been wrestled away from the actual professional. I mean, can you imagine if if the court system was ran by a private enterprise and the lawyers worked for a, a, a I, I, I can't even think of a good parallel of how where else that might work because it's so asinine. It's it's the we, we talk about the revolving door between corporate and the, the pharmaceutical companies. That's talked about all the time, but there is sort of a, it's more of a chain reaction between the universities and the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. and the insurance companies. It's one system that feeds the uh, maintenance of itself and the feeding of itself. Like you said, you will not resist once you get this degree unless you're unless you exactly a, a exactly billion dollars. You will not resist. You'll come in and you will prescribe drugs. You will not study nutrition. You will charge what the hospital says you need to charge. Um, you won't even get your 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 private practice will will be completely unsuccessful if you do not. Integrate yourself into the local. No doubt about it. Healthcare system. No doubt about it. Um, I, I not, I won't go into detail, but my second oldest brother is a doctor ah. and he practiced medicine for, I want to say 25, 30 years out in California in a, you know, tiny little poor area called Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. You know, not poor at all, right? I mean, we're talking <laughs> top notch. Right. Uh, everything. And I'll just say this. He met with difficulty in trying to start a practice in our hometown. Okay. Because the hospitals just didn't want to work with him. I mean, can you imagine what the, the, <laughs> the absolute change in what medical human care has been from, say, 1900 to now? 
1920 to now, 1950 to yeah. now, uh, you, you are a doctor, but you cannot gainfully practice medicine unless you are linked in with a gigantic mega medical corp. And that has, you know, you got insurance. Here's your gift. Um, so it's not a gift. It just says to the medical company, wait, wait, wait. You mean we don't have to really control the costs like we used to because they have this backup fund? Exactly. This other megacorp that's going to pay exactly. these huge amounts? And, and this is, this is why, <laughs> this is why I feel that government intervention is, is, is necessary. Because if that doesn't look like a monopoly, if that if that doesn't violate antitrust law, I don't know what does. There's no market, any market anywhere. Maybe, maybe uh, school universities um, might follow a similar pattern. And if you look, they are just they are being just as destroyed, and in my humble opinion, just as ineffective uh, as the healthcare system. How is it that? I mean, we've been talking about this for 30 minutes now. I'm still no closer to, I mean, I, and this is something I've been studying for 20 years. Why is it so expensive? Singularly, when I, when I lived in, in, in Germany, and I, and I know, I, I know if you're a, a capitalist, you, you bemoan the, the European system and, and it, and it does have its flaws, right? Because they just, they, they tax when when liberals talk about how wonderful healthcare is in Canada or how wonderful healthcare is in Germany, um, what they don't talk about is where that money comes from, and they're they're able to accomplish it because they tax the tax rates there are, I mean, right, the forty to fifty five, fifty, sixty, seventy percent in some cases. <laughs> right now. You don't necessarily feel it because you're not paying for certain things, right? You don't, you don't, healthcare being one of them. Uh, transportation is, you know, is, 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 is another. There, are, it's common for employers there to be responsible for your transportation. Um, but on the flip side of that, home ownership is not really a reality. You cannot amass generational wealth. You just, you just can't. That's the trade-off, right? And and I, I free market. Um, I don't think we necessarily have to make it zero and try to make it free for everybody. Um, but I don't see why. And to the point that you were making earlier, if doctors could set their own cost according mm-hmm. to what the market could pay, I think doctors could be very successful. Make uh, uh, a good living just like anybody else, right? There's no reason why we shouldn't have practices that are able to compete with each other and set real cost. That seems so simple to me. I, I don't know why we don't, why we can't do that, why we can't have that. And that's what I was really hoping for in 08 and, and um, Obama's first term and the fight with, for Obamacare. And it's not what we got, but that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping we would get a market-based healthcare system instead of this, uh, this, this monstrosity that, that we live with now. See, market-based is too much like competition. It's too much like setting up a system. Now imagine this horrifying system. Okay. Where different organizations and companies and people would compete for your business in the sector in which you operated. Thus, you might not last for a very long time if you don't provide, let's see, A, good service. Right. B, affordable service. And C, actually care. You know, if you don't actually care about the people that you are providing care for. So they don't want, I mean, I think that's what's obvious, you know, and I, I don't, I don't, 
I will say the word conspiracy because some people will say that when I say they don't want a real free market. Uh, but all you have to do is look at how it's working now and the growing monopolies, the growing too big to fails in every industry, uh, to see that competition is frowned upon because these giant corporations, these mega medical, uh, facilities and, and organizations don't want competition. And so that's why that, that's how they're able to freeze it out. The, the, the growth of industrial medicine also put a big hit on, uh, the quote unquote mom and pop doc that could come around and help you or right. had, a, had a office of his own that could provide full service. Right. Uh, except for in extreme cases. Um, the affordability of the industrialized portions of the medical uh, uh, apparatus make it so, again, the doctors are beholden to the large corporate medical uh, establishments. How, when you're $500,000 in debt, when you graduate, the last thing you want to do in your first year out of school is buy a seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar MRI machine. You, you can't. Or an X-ray machine. You're not. <laughs> right. you're, exactly. you're not. If I mean, if 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 an engineer wanted to launch an engineering firm, right, and a group of engineers got together and they wanted to launch an engineering firm. They could realistically do it. You know, a group of young, bright, 20-year-olds, recently graduated. They could get together, pool their resources, and they could legitimately start a business. They could do that. If you went to culinary school, you could legitimately (laughs) graduate from culinary school and be in a position to start a business. You could do that. But you can't do that in medicine. It's it's just it's it's just not possible, unless, like you said, you know you're you're already worth hundreds of millions of dollars, or have access to hundreds of millions of dollars. Your only option, if you want to make use of the that MRI machine, if you want to get the lab testing done that you need, you're, you're going to go to these already existing institutions, these already existing, you, you're, you're going to have to plug in. And um, yep. I'm, I'm and hopeful then, for the day that, that we see that monopoly disbanded because I think that would make, we, we could, we could come up with a system that actually works for people. We do it everywhere else. If, if, if General Motors was allowed to set the prices for their own product, it wouldn't be what it is right now. The, the, the same thing for, um, a, a pig farmer or, um, Johnson and Johnson, they, they charge what they charge for shampoo because that's what the market dictates coca-cola sets their prices based on the market they have to i don't care how much people might love dr pepper if if, and this is just basic economics to me and we ought to be pushing our government elected officials to establish uh, to require the establishment of a system that is based on the market and uh, uh, until we see that, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to uh, be gravely concerned about what does that mean for us as uh, Americans in this country? Because getting sick and, and there's another aspect of this, that group, that young group of engineers that decides to start that business. Their largest expense by far is going to be trying to provide health insurance for, for themselves. 
<laughs> Quite ironically, right? <laughs> Their largest expense by far. Why? Why? And when you when when I hear politicians talk about they want to promote small businesses, they want to stimulate economic growth. Why isn't anyone looking at? Well, you you already said why, but think about why. Rather than fostering real economic growth and and unburdening, like they they're willing to unburden them in other areas. But why are companies being saddled with healthcare costs? If they did it the way that you're, you're suggesting and, and set up a market system like, like we're discussing, I don't think this insurance in and of itself is necessarily evil. Like car insurance isn't like this. Life insurance isn't like this. But those are set by the market. Why can't medical insurance be the same? And I think I'll go to my third contributing factor. Uh, if I try to enumerate it, sickness, mm. just plain sickness, uh, not to quote the title of something that's already in existence, but we are fatter, sicker, and more unhealthy than we've been at any other point in uh, American history. Um, and what that does is <laughs> the third pillar in this dominance uh, arrangement that is called a captive audience. Mm. If your audience can't leave the movie theater, then you don't have to spend as much money on production value, entertainment, right. storyline. None of the quality things matter anymore. Throw some popcorn at them. Have some sock puppets up there. Hey, <laughs> right. You can't leave. You can't leave. And that is why I remember when my mother, this is what sparked my knowledge of it, because I was always interested in words. My mother used to work at a place called HMP, which was in downtown in our hometown. Mm. And it was called the Health Maintenance uh, Plan place, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was before. They came up with the name HMO. Ah. And see, when you, <laughs> when you have a lot of societal factors, uh, economic factors, um, and I'll even throw in there genetic engineering factors just to spice it up a little mm -hmm. bit. When you have a lot of factors that create ongoing dis-ease, I heard someone the other day say, why is it called dis-ease? Well, because break it into two pieces, dis-ease. Right. That's all that means. You are not at ease, and so you got to go somewhere where you, they will be hospitable to your dis-ease, right. and that's where hospital came from. So, But the bottom line is now you have chronic illnesses that people can debate about it. Did we suddenly see a growth in chronic illnesses, or did we suddenly see maintaining chronic illnesses as profitable or was it a combination of both well i because we're doing that now the the fact that by law doctors can only treat diseases and by law diseases can only be treated with pharmaceutical drugs tells you everything that you need to know so there there really is no decision making to be done uh, on behalf of of the doctor, right? Their their treatment plan is already predetermined. I have uh, I've been trying to improve my blood pressure. When I talk to my doctor about improving improving my blood pressure, there's only one option. <laughs> right. I can choose between which kind of medication to take. But whether or not it's medication or something else is not even discussed. Yeah. Would you like a calcium channel blocker? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I was making a joke with uh, one of my coworkers, you know, like when, when we were kids, uh, you know, we'd be on the bus together and we'd compare shoes. You know, what kind of shoes you got? And 
now we're comparing medications because we're. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one is yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, you know, mine needs yeah. my kidneys up. <laughs> mine leeches calcium out yeah, of my right. bones. What does it usually do? Oh, yeah, yeah. But what does it help? Oh, in my left eye doesn't blink quite. As You're right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and, 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 and that, and that, but that's real. That is real. Which side effects are you willing to live with in order to get the, the, the desired result? And whether or not, whether or not there's a larger conspiracy as to why hypertension is so prevalent in our society in, in the first place or why uh, um, obesity is so prevalent in our society in the first place, whether or not there's a larger conspiracy that I, I'll, I'll leave to. Um, others who are who, who are better in, in, in exploring those topics, but I will say that um, it is a very convenient arrangement that the food we eat leads to. Well, your lifestyle leads you to eat a certain way, which leads you to a certain um, predictable uh, medical path which they already have the solution for ready made for you as soon as you go to to the doctor's office. Uh and again, the 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 brunt of that is born ultimately by the consumer. Um yeah. uh and I just I really want to see some real change. Um you you said you you know you have a a, a brother that's uh in medicine that was a dream of mine when when we were kids. I, I wanted to be a doctor. I knew I had the aptitude for it. I knew that I, I could be successful in that endeavor. But my my primary driving factor was the idea that I could help people. Was the idea that someone who was sick like my little brother, I might be able to make a difference in in their lives. And upon learning that I was uh, a glorified, I'd be a glorified mouthpiece for these invisible powers behind me that my patient doesn't see, uh, soured me beyond belief. I, I just, I, I, I would not be a party to it. I, I couldn't. And I'm really hopeful to see that system dismantled and we get to uh somewhere where we're actually helping helping people as opposed to using them as uh it's like people are uh, just a commodity in in this exchange and we don't even yeah. realize how we're being used and um it's you know <laughs> i i will mention one thing that has that, that blown my mind since I started paying attention to it. And it was when I first started looking into actually what is this thing I'm riding around in that I call a body? You know, mm -hmm. I studied uh, lots and lots and lots of science and how to build things and take things apart, what they're made of. And I realized I was doing a pretty good job for these corporations I was working for. And I was like, wow, I don't know how my body works at all. You know, I have a concept, but I really don't know. I've never looked into it. And what I was astonished by is that I, I would say not, you know, I say this very humbly because a lot of work went into it. I know more about the effects of nutrition on the human body than the average doctor does. Mm. I was very surprised to find out that as of 20 years ago, they spent no more than one credit hour wow. in an entire medical journey wow. on nutrition. If you ask the average doctor, what does magnesium do in your body, un unless they are studying uh, longevity and, and real physiology, they will be really clueless. They won't know that the clot buster drugs that they're using are filled with nicotinic acid, which is just niacin. Mm. They won't know that that is supplemented with natokinase, which is a natural thing that is in, in a food called natto that is eaten a lot in Eastern Asian countries. Mm. 
they will have no clue that that's what they're injecting into you. But if someone walks up to them and says, hey, doc, if I would like to lower my blood pressure, hint, hint, right. um, I could probably, what, what do you think about uh, the judicious use of natokinase and some, some niacin as nicotinic acid or magnesium? And what about beetroot? And uh, they have no clue. Because what they did was they spent $500,000 to be taught the code of pharmacology. Basically. And that is what they have at their disposal to, to, to help you. I hate, it, it sounds like we're, we're ragging on doctors and, and I, I, oh, no, I, I have no. nothing but respect for medical professionals. Uh, I, I think they are quite honestly. I think they are scapegoated. Um, oh, indeed. Because <laughs> I, I, I do. Because if if you're a medical professional and you don't have, I mean, so to me, like malpractice is a smokescreen that is used to distract from who the real decision maker is, and the scapegoat oh, a doctor. And this oldest doctor made a medical mistake and we're going to sue the doctor personally it is a, a, a miscarriage of justice. And, and I, I uh, again, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how strong AMA is as a lobby. I, I don't know how well organized doctors are. Uh, nurses too. Um, Te- I mean, technicians too. Like, I mean, if you're, if, if you're a, a radiological tech, to me, it would be in your best interest to be able to sell that skill in a market as opposed to, uh, just, you know, you're, if you're whatever town you live in, it, it just costs, you get paid what you're going to get paid to do it. And, and you don't, you don't have any real, even though, if you don't show up for work, they can't just ask, tap a janitor on the shoulder. Hey, can you run this MRI for me today? Cause you know, Mike didn't come in. It's, it's a skill. It's a real skill. Um, I don't know, man. I, it, I it's all, that. it's almost a, a nameless, faceless, like who, who are we attacking here? Who are we talking about? Who is this culprit that is authoring this? This this system that we're bemoaning. You follow the money. I mean, it's really that simple. You follow the money. Um, you know, and I'll echo what you said. You know, ins- there's great insurance for malpractice. <laughs> mm-hmm. A whole industry that is cropped up because the doctor is taking the frontline blame for a lot of the things that they're not given a choice but to do, and. The huge divergence in what was what used to be human care, meaning really trying to figure out how to heal you. Right. And what we have now would be what I would term and what I've researched as the holistic to empirical medicine transition. Mm. And if you follow that money, if you find out who took the care of the entire human being and turn it into, and again, not blaming the doctor. But turning it into uh, 38 specialties for each little or each right. square inch of the body, right? You know that that doesn't really talk to the other square inches of as, the body, as as though it's not an interconnected system, right? Exactly. Right. That transition took place at one of the most pivotal times in our history. Our financial system was changed. Our medical system was changed all at once, and this would be between around 1910 and 1930. And it was when the empiricists took over medicine, and it's not covered in your history class, Mm -hmm. but what the American people used to say is, now, wonderful, the cure hurts you worse than the disease. Yeah. And that, that was the difference uh, in the transition between holistic and empirical medicine. People hated it. The, the American people hated this transition because they saw that no longer was the doctor able or was becoming less and less able to treat you and make you well and more going towards this uh, 
I will just call it petrol-based medicine. Uh, because if you follow the money, that's where it led to back then. It's diversified now. But in the beginning, it was, I mean, it's, it's, it's a giant smoking gun that has Rockefeller Foundation mm. written all over it. They funded all of the universities. You see how this spins back and we're going to circle? Yeah. They went into all the universities and said, thou shalt not teach holistic medicine anymore. You will teach empirical medicine that relies on pharma, what we would call now big pharmaceutical interventions, mm -hmm. chemical, synthetic interventions. If you teach anything natural, you will be disbarred. You're done. You'll lose your license. Excuse me. Wrong field. Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> so it's, when you just look back at the, uh, I, would, I would say to anyone listening to this, look at the influence of the Rockefeller Foundation on medicine in the United States and how empiricism as a, t a form of medicine took over for holistic medicine. You will find things that will blow your mind. It's just facts. No conspiracy. And you'll see exactly how we ended up right where we are today. It is a slowly closing vice. Mm. And when they say things like <clears throat> health maintenance organization, it's just like legislation. Its name really has nothing to do with what it's actually targeted towards. Right. They, not, they don't mean maintain your good health. They mean maintain your health in the current unhealthy state that it is for as right. long as they can to keep right. charging you money. Right. They don't, there's no, the oldest phrase in the book, and I, I know I'm going to say it, alarms will probably go off. There's no money in the cure. Right. <laughs> right. And if there ever is, you better believe it's going to be the highest price thing you've ever seen. Well, uh, so the, the, the thing the, the what's interesting about that is, and I, I, I hate, um, I, I don't like, uh, breathing life into conspiracy. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it's, it's, it's just unavoidable. There is money in the cure. If you are the one that manufactured the sickness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you can manufacture and have a control of the patent on the cure. Right. Right. So I, I think that, um, again, there is really something amiss. And, 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 and to be in a society, and, and I could never reconcile this in my head. We love free enterprise. We love composite competition. Right. When, when, at the turn of the century, around that same time, antitrust was huge. The railroads mm. were broken up. Oil and gas industries was broken up. You come to fast forward a little further, and um, the automotive industry was broken up when it got to be too big. Microsoft was broken up when it got to be too big. In the name of free enterprise. In the, in the name of competition, if we understand the ills and the dangers of monopolies, how is it that these same lawmakers support antitrust in those sectors and fail to see <clears throat> the monopolistic nature of the healthcare system and the educational system in this country? It's mind boggling to me. And I would think if, as, as a, uh, if I'm a politician, everybody would love to be able to have affordable health care. That's non-controversial. What becomes controversial, in my humble opinion, is who are you taking money away from when you take away this current system? Who are you depowering? Where Where is that control being redirected to? Because ultimately, if I'm a politician, and um, this is what I never understood about Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all is a terrible idea. 
You you mean you want to you want to make it less competitive? You want to you want to and I studied Bernie Sanders for you know read his his speeches uh, when I was in school and I, you know he he was a great champion for social change in the seventies. I, I you know I, I respect everything that he's done, but why would you propose a Medicare for all system? And make it even, you're basically handing the keys of our healthcare system to the insurance companies. That's all that's going to do. Now, instead of the three or four or five or six arbiters, you have one. Yeah. So if I'm the insurance company and, and it's, and it's, and it's not even a public system. I mean, it's, it's not even a private system. It's a public system. So. Now I need to make sure that I get a few key senators and a few key representatives on my side. I've just I've just made it that much easier for the insurance companies to to do what they're doing now. I just I don't understand that. I, I just I don't understand why that would even be a serious proposition. And it, it frustrated me so bad because um the solution seems to be obvious. Um if if all the orange growers in Florida got together and tried to set the price. That is a against the law. You cannot do that. But we don't say anything about insurance companies. You mean to tell me that it doesn't matter who my insurance carrier no. is? The cost is the same? And that doesn't set off any alarms in anybody's head? It doesn't matter whether it's... it's, it's I'm not going to say them. It doesn't matter which... It, 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 how can you see it any other way? How can you see it any other way? And and I, I just it's got price fixing all over. It. Yeah. It, 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 it frustrates me to no end because I every every it's, election cycle I hear politicians complain about the ills of the system, but nobody seems serious. You, you know, like I I Obamacare at least looked at it. I, you know, I give them credit for at least looking at it, but. It, this is no better than, I mean, what, what, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it frustrates me, man, frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I'm going to say that I don't even give <laughs> the Obama administration okay. credit for looking at it. I give them credit for looking like it. I give Bernie Sanders credit. I give Bernie Sanders the credit for looking like it. Um, I give Trump, uh, name them all, Bush, Clinton. I give them credit for looking like it. I will just go all in on this and say the reason that everyone is talking about yeah. all of this improvement, about things that affect the people, you know, which is where we started this off, right? Things that are a heavy impact to the people. The reason they're giving lip service to it is because they want to seem like that's the problem they're trying to fix when it's not. It is Bernie Sanders saying the 95% of the things that he says where you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, 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 okay. And then an ending, terribly, like you just said, right. is called controlled opposition. It, it has... Hegelian dialectic written all over it. We're going to give you your hero. We're going to give you your bad guy. We're going to let them argue seemingly in front of you. But in the end, mm -hmm. the so-called solution, we're not even going to call it a solution. We'll just call it change or it's, it's progress will be what we have yeah. assigned it to be, what we want it to be. I got to go back to the question. Something you said earlier, you said, I don't know how, what kind of lobbying, you didn't say lobbying, what kind of organizational power the doctors have. I think the last two years, and I'm not going to say the big C <laughs> word, but I think the last right. two years have shown that they have zero organizational or lobbying power. Doctors have zero voice whatsoever. And it's for all the reasons we've discussed. You're, you're a half a million dollars in debt when you graduate. You can't work without the gigantic organization right. and the gigantic organization 
is who's paying the politicians. So how can you possibly have a voice? I won't say the big, the big C word, but in the last two years, that is how any and every doctor that had anything to say against the status quo mm-hmm. was completely canceled. Annihilated. Annihilated. Many lost everything yeah. just for speaking their yeah. mind. For, for daring to suggest that, that maybe right. public policy is misplaced. Just a little, right? <laughs> In a scientific debate about medicine, right. doctors were highly controlled and censored. And there was, as you can see, nothing really that they could do about it uh, besides form their own coalitions that are very, very quiet, uh, you know, behind the curtain. And you got to go comb and look for them just to hear something come out of their mouths. Um so it's like they have none, in my opinion. And again, I think you said it properly. You brought you brought this to the right place. All of my talk of doctor's education and things like that is not against the doctor. Yeah. I think the, the, there's probably 50-50, you know, and this is overgeneralization. Probably 50% of people who became doctors said, A, I want to make a lot of money, or B, I really want to help people. Okay, let's just those 33-33. And then there was another third that said, I want to do both of them. Sure. Sure. Okay, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's your life. Do what you want. They. What I bet none of them said was, "I would like to get into a field where I have zero control, really, of how I treat people. I want to knowingly give them things, or unknowingly give them things that are unhealthy for them, and I want to watch them slowly suffer and die in front of me in my practice, while getting no punishment whatsoever, and in fact, heavily rewarded." I'm curious. I mean, I haven't been through medical school, so so I don't know. But how much mm-hmm. education do you need to have a conversation with somebody, get a list of symptoms, enter those symptoms into a database, and then have it tell you, have the database tell you what uh, is ailing the person and what you're going to prescribe? Mm, careful. <laughs> how, how much Careful education there. do you need to do that? Hmm. My guess is chat. What is it? Chat GPT. Yeah. We'll say you don't need any. You can just ask me. Right. And it would be like the scene in uh, I forget it was a movie with Matt Damon when he went in and was talking to the robot. The robot said, "How are you feeling today? I'm feeling a little anxious." And he said, "Oh, okay." And some pills fell out. And he just said, "Take these." <laughs> right. You know. That's okay. I'll, I'll bring it. No, back. but I, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. I think they've been the 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 doctors have been emasculated uh, horribly, and I think it's noble work. I think it's a noble profession, uh, and, and I would like to see them empowered um, to 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 do the things that you know they got into that profession to do. I I, I, I would love to see that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know, um, personally, I know two doctors that are fantastic people. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my brother was one of them, you know, anyway, but he, yeah. I, know two okay. doctors, I didn't know if you including your brother or not. That's, that's good to hear. Okay. <laughs> you know, that I'm not related to that are fantastic people and they semi openly, you know, are aware of everything that we're talking about. And they feel like they really are wearing handcuffs. I'm sure and they have no choice but to wear. I'm them. sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly second the, the the notion that it's not the doctor's fault. Now, for all of you crappy doctors out there that know what you're doing and don't care and push as hard as you can, uh, like the gentleman that told me in the hospital. Either do what I say, which was completely uncalled for mm. and would have almost guaranteed my death, mm. or I'm not going to treat you. Wow. And, you know, I, to doctors like him, uh, I say, you know, you, you are the worst of humanity. Um, and obviously I'm here having this conversation. So what I said was, oh, good. Go get me another doctor. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't want you to be my doctor or to treat me. 
and I won't go into any details uh, on that. Uh, anybody who can find my Facebook posts already knows a little bit about that story. Mm. Uh, but it's not the doctors, as you said. It is the system, the system. Uh, that is created to to keep creating itself in its own image. Right. And it's been rolling since the 19, as early as I can tell, it's been rolling, started rolling in 1920, uh, around the 1920s, and it's just been going ever since. Man, it has been over an hour, just like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, any closing um, uh, ideas you'd like to uh, share, bro? I guess I'd just quickly say to all of you out there, take responsibility for your health. You make the last decision for anything that goes in your body Mm. or happens to your body. Take the responsibility. Learn what you can. It's worth it. All right. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Atoll again. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support us in our mission to foster real dialogue, you can find us on most major social media sites, including Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. Just search for the Fourth Branch Podcast with the numeric four. Please reach out to us if you have a comment or an idea for the show. We mean it when we say we want to hear from everyone, and we're serious about including you in the conversation. Got a topic that you're passionate about? Hey, let's talk about it. We'd love to get you on the show and allow you to express your views. Once again, thanks for listening. Can't wait to talk to you soon.